your word and know your voice. Speak to our hearts and strengthen our wills that we may serve you today, now, and always. Amen. Amen. Words matter. I learned this lesson as a small girl. My mother would invariably walk down the steps dressed for a special occasion, and my father would say, you look so pretty when you wear lipstick. <laughs> or, you look so pretty when you wear a nice dress. As if all the time she didn't have on lipstick and a pretty dress. <laughs> Words matter. I realize that they mattered today as I read the opening verse in our second lesson from Hebrews chapter 13. In the traditional NRSV lectionary translation, the opening verse reads, let mutual love continue. Now go ahead, open up to your second reading. Take a look. We use the Common English Bible translation. What does it say? Read it out. Go ahead. You can talk. Keep loving each other like family. Words matter. And let mutual love continue. And keep loving each other like family. That doesn't seem like the same words to me. However, these two translations work together to call us as Christians to bridge a gap that exists between people. The word mutual and the word like family are both translations of the Greek word Philadelphia. No, it doesn't mean bad-tempered sports fans from a city back east. Philadelphia is a multi-layered and nuanced word, and the translator's different choices both make sense when you do what I did on Thursday and go look at a Greek lexicon. Philadelphia denotes the delicate affections mutually rendered by those who cherish one another as the love between a man and a wife, a parent and child, or brothers and sisters. So Philadelphia does include both the ideas of mutuality and like family. But in our modern context, mutuality has way too much of like a reciprocity a back and forth to it. I smile at you, you smile at me. I bake a casserole for you, you bake a casserole for me. And this is precisely the opposite of what Jesus said in today's gospel. He asked the host in today's gospel to invite those who can never invite back. So give and take must not be the mutuality that Philadelphia means in this case. Mutuality here means connectivity. And so too, whether we like it or not, does like family. For whether our family situations are terrific, ones of support, care, concern, whether they're tepid, holiday parties, weddings, and funerals that are pretty benign, or whether they're toxic, situations of abuse and abandonment and heartache, 
we are connected to family. The old saying, blood is thicker than water, reminds us that the connection of blood remains even when, in toxic situations, we rightly choose to remove family members from our lives. And so these opening words of Hebrew chapter 13, with seemingly radical different translations, actually point to one important idea. We, as Christians, are to bridge the gap. We are to create connectivity between people. We're to bridge the gap with each other, because Philadelphia refers to love between Christians who are united in a common baptism. And yet, as soon as we look to verse 2, it's not connectivity within the community that Hebrews is talking about. It's connectivity and bridging the gap in the wider community. Hebrews calls us to bridge the gap through hospitality. Open up your home to guests, the reading says. Some translations read, open up your home to strangers. By doing this, you have been host to angels without even knowing it. I heard this same theme echoed in a conversation I had this week when a gentleman shared with me that he has traveled to dozens of countries across the globe. And he shared a drink with strangers in virtually every country. What he discovered was that what people really want is to care for those that they love and to be safe. In the hospitality of sitting down with another and sharing a drink, he found angels. He bridged gaps. Hebrews calls us to connectivity through hospitality. Hebrews calls us to bridge the gap through empathy. Remember the prisoner. Remember the mistreated, it exhorts us. As if you were in their place. As if you were in their place. This week I spoke with Austin Hayden, who is an advocacy coordinator at Emmaus House. Emmaus is a nonprofit that provides around-the-clock residential services to adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Austin notes that it is very routine for able-bodied people to say, disabled people are so much like us, the able-bodied. So much like us. But Austin believes, just as Hebrews does, that the starting point is from the perspective of the other, as if you were in their place. And when we sit there, when we sit in that space, what we find is that we are all people with gifts and goals and relationships and personality and dignity and worth. In a culture which values independence, efficiency, and economic productivity above everything else, a culture that defines us as human doings, and not as human beings. Able-bodied people need to cry out, I am like the disabled, because we all have worth and dignity, apart from what I can produce, 
or earn or do. And isn't this exactly what Jesus was hinting at in today's gospel? Don't think from your place, a place of honor. Think from the experience and the perspective of another. And go sit there. Go sit there. Hebrews calls us to bridge the gap, to connect through empathy. Hebrews calls us to bridge the gap through relationship. Using marriage as a lens for relationship, the author proclaims, marriage must be honored in every respect with no cheating on the relationship. In the patriarchal society in which the author of Hebrews writes, it was a radical statement for the author to say that both partners needed to respect one another and to not just have a regulation on women's sexuality. Both spouses, both partners, have the responsibility of honoring one another in their marriage bond, causing them to be in sacred solidarity with one another. Sacred solidarity. Father Greg Boyle, Jesuit priest and founder of Homeboy Industries, the largest gang intervention, rehab, and reentry program, which is located, it's the largest one in the world, and it's located in LA, tells a story of a woman who was absolutely determined to be part of Homeboy's efforts. She told Boyle that she had to volunteer. He asked why. She replied, because I have a message that those young people need to hear. Boyle told her, the minute you lose that message, you come back to us. <laughs> In other words, the minute that you're ready for relationship, ready for solidarity, then come back. And solidarity? Well, solidarity is a lot more than bridging a gap. Solidarity is oneness. Hebrews calls us to relationships of solidarity. Words matter. And these words from Hebrews begin by asking us to bridge a gap, make a connection with a stranger or a guest through hospitality. But it ends, the words end, by calling us to solidarity. When we see this reading, not as a call to go walk out to a stranger on Del Mar and say, would you like to come have dinner at my home in South City? <laughs> but instead, as a call to hospitality toward those whom we perceive as on another side of a gap. When we see this reading as a call to open ourselves to empathy and to develop relationships of solidarity, all excuses of why we can't live out this reading, they just melt away. They melt away. This reading calls us to more than joining with others who think similarly to the ways that we think. This reading calls us to solidarity because, as Father Boyle says, the affection of God unfolds where there is no daylight separating us.